What's up, guys? It's your boy, Mike Smith, also known as Akins, also known as Coolest Guy in Sports, here with episode number 50 of the Shoot and Switch podcast, aka the SNS podcast. I know I've been gone for a while, but I'm trying to get back on a weekly basis of doing this podcast. Also, if you guys don't already know, follow me on Akins NBA, where I do host my individual podcast, my live podcast on Instagram, the Akins podcast. I'm also working on something very special where I'm looking to come up with another podcast. It's going to be a live and audio format for my Instagram page as well. Um, But let's just get into it. I want to talk about the NBA bubble, which I wasn't a fan of at first. I must admit, I was one of those people that were skeptical, didn't think it was going to work, thought it was going to be a disaster. But shout outs to the NBA for everything they're doing. They created a a billion-dollar bubble. Right now, the NBA bubble down in Orlando is probably the safest place to be on the face of the planet right now. If you just really just take into account that what the NBA is doing is it's basically nobody's in. Um, when you go into the bubble, if you leave the bubble, you have to quarantine for a certain amount of days. Everybody's wearing masks. The protocols for the NBA, they're just doing a very, very excellent job. And NBA basketball is back. And it's also the competition on the court has been excellent. Excellent. It looks like it, looks like it hasn't missed a beat. Um, for being honest, even though the fans aren't in attendance, of course, to have the virtual fans going on and, and all that stuff. But the NBA has been special. The NBA has been and show why it's the best league in the entire world. And they're always on point in things where and when it comes to talking about the injustices going on in the NBA and supporting that. And not in the NBA, but supporting the injustices in the world and the black and brown community as well by giving money or by using their platform to allow the players to voice their opinions and their concerns of everything that's going on in the world. And I love what the players are doing right now and how they're just basically every chance they get, every interview they get, they're talking about Breonna Taylor, they're talking about things that matter, talking about all the injustices and everything that African-Americans have gone through are suffering um, right now. So that's very important as well. But this to switch gears, talking about basketball, about basically some of the things that I've seen going on in the NBA bubble. Um, and I just want to talk about some of the things that I've noticed and some of the things that have stood out to me the most. And I will say so far that TJ Warren is showing the casual fans who he is. He's making a name for himself down in Orlando, the NBA bubble right now. He's put on a performance. He's showing you that he's been a bucket. He's If you've watched his game, and if you know about TJ Warren and his time with the Phoenix Suns, you know that he was always a great, solid starter on your team. He's had some injury histories, but he's, he's played with the Indiana Pacers. And right now, he's been the Indiana Pacers' best player. And we know Victor Oladipo is still probably going through you know, his recovery from his knee injury. But Victor Oladipo hasn't looked the same. And the the best player on the Indiana Pacers right now has been TJ Warren. And he's signed to a a very, very great contract. He has like three more years left on his contract. He didn't sign like an astronomical contract. I think he has like a a four-year, $54 million contract. And this is year three. He has three more years, I'm sorry, left on that contract as well. So he's been special down in the NBA bubble. Um, The Philadelphia Sixers, with Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons suffered a apparently a dislocated kneecap. I'm going to be completely honest. The Philadelphia Sixers was one of my sleeper teams to reach the finals. If if I had to pick a sleeper team, I was picking the Philadelphia Sixers from the Eastern Conference just because from a talent perspective alone, they have probably the most talented team in the Eastern Conference. With you look at just Joel Bead, if you look at Ben Simmons and all their talent that they have, it's always just been questions about can they work together? Can either one of those guys just stay healthy long enough for those guys to make a legitimate playoff run? But from a talent perspective, I thought that the Philadelphia Sixers going into the season was the best team 
in the Eastern Conference. And I thought it was going to be a sleeper, even though they, they kind of struggled on the road this season. But if you take you took out the the fans and the environment, basically as a year in a mutual setting, I thought they were going to be able to do well, especially with Ben Simmons making the transition from the point guard position to the point forward position. But unfortunately, he suffered a dislocated kneecap. And I don't know if he's going to come back. I don't know what's going to happen with that situation. But even if he does come back, the Sixers were a hit and miss. Basically, they could have gone to the... Easter Conference Finals and, and kind of been a sleeper team and go to the finals, or they could have got knocked out in the first round, even with a healthy Ben Simmons. So a compromise Ben Simmons, if he does come back, and let's say he plays the first round and he's not 100%, I, I can see them going home in the first round. Um, and basically the Philadelphia Sixers are cooked. They're finished. Without a healthy Ben Simmons, no matter even if they do win their first round of playoffs and Ben Simmons plays, they're done for because without a healthy Ben Simmons, they are not going to beat teams like the Miami Heat or the Philadelphia Sixers and probably not even the Boston Celtics as well. Even though the Boston Celtics, we know that their perimeter game is deep, but their interior offense and interior defense is probably one of the weakest in the NBA, especially in the Eastern Conference. That's my biggest worry about the Boston Celtics, who I also think is a great has a great chance of going to the finals. But if you just look at their inside game, they have no they have no interior defense to stop players like Joe Embiid or, or Giannis Antetokounmpo or Ben Simmons or Pascal Siakam and those type of players. But for us, the Philadelphia Sixers, I just think their season is over with, with unfortunately, Ben Simmons getting hurt. Now, for us, the team in the Eastern Conference that I think will reach the NBA Finals, to be honest, it should be no excuse. I'm picking the Toronto Raptors because I initially picked the Philadelphia Sixers, but I changed my pick early on in the season to pick the Toronto Raptors. I just like what the Toronto Raptors have done with the emergence of Pascal Siakam. Also, I love how their guards, you know, it's the reason why Nick Nurse, to me, is the best coach in the NBA. It's the reason why Nick Nurse plays only guards that play defense. You know, it's very important. You know, the offensive side of the ball is important, but his guards can get out on the defensive side of the floor with Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet as well. So I'm picking the Toronto Raptors. But to be honest, it's really no excuse why the Milwaukee Bucks shouldn't reach the finals. If Giannis Antetokounmpo is as good and as great as everybody says he is, and I think he's excellent, he's a phenomenal talent. I think he's a top, borderline top five player in the game. If we're really looking into a talent perspective um, and skills perspective, when we're looking at other guys, I would say he's anywhere between that five to seven mark in the NBA right now. But of course, you know, with the media hypeness and stuff like that, you have a lot of people think he's the best player in the world, stuff like that. Me, me I don't think so. But, if you just look at the team that they built around Giannis, it really benefits his 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 strengths, you know, attacking the basket. They have shooters around him. He can put the ball on the floor, get to the rim, and then if he gets stopped, he can kick it out to all their shooters. And then you look at Chris Milton, a borderline 50-40-90 player, and just extremely, extremely lethal and efficient on the scoring-wise of the ball. He's their most skilled basketball player. He's been their most skilled basketball player for a while now. I think he's He's really showed the world that, you know what, he's heard the noise about him not being, even I've said it before, he's heard the noise about him not being a legitimate second option um, on a championship caliber team. But I think he's proven the past two seasons, especially this season, you know, 20, 50, 40, and 90, and also playing great defense, being a a two-time back-to-back all-star. I think he showed this year he's a legitimate second option for a team in the Eastern Conference. When I say for a team in the Eastern Conference, I, I feel that if you look at some of the teams in the Eastern Conference and you look at their dynamic duels, you can't sit up and say that the Milwaukee Bucks don't have one of the best dynamic duels with Giannis Antetokounmpo 
and Chris Middleton in the Eastern Conference. You look at Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, or you look at Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker. I can't, you can't sit up and say that they're better than Giannis and Chris Middleton. You look at Bam and Jimmy Butler. You can't sit up and say that they're better than Giannis and Chris Middleton. Who else? You look at the Pacers really don't have a, you know, Victor Oladipo would have been, um, but he's been hurt all year. Who else? You look at Joe and Bean and Ben Simmons. From a talent perspective, Joe and Bean and, and Ben Simmons is probably better than Giannis and Chris Millington, but we know from a chemistry perspective and we know from a play style perspective, they really don't play well together like a Giannis and Chris Millington because, you know, what Ben Simmons does best, the team is not really made around his strengths compared to a Giannis. So, like I said, in the Toronto Raptors, Kyle Lauer and Pascal Siakam, you can't sit up and tell me that Chris Millington and Giannis this is better than, you know, Pascal and Kyle Lowry, you know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm saying. I think Chris Milton has proved that he is a legitimate second option um, on a championship caliber team. And I think the Milwaukee Bucks, with the shooting, with Giannis being as great as he is in attacking the rim and being literally unguardable, especially if you don't pick him up as soon as he crosses past the half-court line, it's really over with. You have to pick him up early or he's really going to be Difficult to guard because he's getting to the rim. He's getting fouled. So I just feel like the Milwaukee Bucks should be the favorites to come out the East. They are the favorites to come out the East. I really feel like there's no excuses on why they shouldn't come out the Eastern Conference, uh, especially with the team that was kind of made to beat them in the Philadelphia Sixers. We don't know what's going to happen with Ben Simmons and his injury. So that's what I've been noticing in the NBA bubble. And I can talk about the Lakers and the Clippers, but to be honest, uh, I'm not really necessarily worried about the Lakers. We know that they've been up and down. I think they're just kind of trying to get to the postseason. The Clippers, to me, still, I've said it all year, it's the most talented team in the NBA, and I feel like the Clippers are going to be extremely difficult to beat in a seven-game series because they have two guys that you can just go out and get the ball to, and if those two guys are on, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, I don't see any team beating them in a seven-game series. And then for a sleeper team in the Western Conference, I'm looking at the Houston Rockets. I think Houston Rockets, um, they're hit and miss at times with the isolation system. But with Russell Westbrook and James Harden and with this AAU-style format, you don't know what can happen. And that's a good thing for the Houston Rockets because the Houston Rockets play an AAU-style type of offense. Five guards out, basically getting to the rim. If you can't get to the rim, get a layup, shooting threes, or just hooping. And that benefits, and this format benefits the Houston Rockets. So that's why they're my sleeper team in the Western Conference and come out and reach the finals. If there's any team that can beat the Los Angeles Clippers and the Los Angeles Lakers, I feel like it's the Houston Rockets. Um, to wrap things up, I want to talk about a player that I've been talking about all season, and he's been putting on a performance. He's been my favorite player to watch in the NBA bubble since the NBA restart. And I said it earlier in the week on my Instagram page, NBA guys, go follow me on that. Because a lot of great content I'm putting out each and every day. But this player right here has the potential to be better than Zion Williamson and John Morant. This player is a 6'10 wing player that can handle the ball, that can create his own shot, and has a pure, pure jump shot. And that is Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. is finally getting the minutes he deserves. He's finally showing the Denver Nuggets that, you know what, you guys picked the right player. You guys picked a guy that most people thought what should have been the number one overall pick if it wasn't for his injuries. This guy, his jump shot is beautiful. It's pure. 
he is looking like a certified bucket. He's looking like he's possibly the second best player, even though Jamal Murray hasn't played much. I don't think he's played at all in the NBA bubble so far, but or Gary Harris. But he's looking like, even if Jamal Murray comes back, he's looking like he's the second best player already on the Denver Nuggets with Nokic, of course, being the best player. That's how talented Michael Porter Jr. is. That's how talented I, his 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 ceiling is incredible. His 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 upside is incredible. His potential is incredible. It's all about can he stay healthy. This brother is a wing player, and I, what I love about he's a wing player that can that can score, and he's playing off the ball. So it's just like he's not ball dominant. You know, he doesn't need the ball to to get a whole bunch of shots. He's not you know t- holding the ball with with 15, 18 seconds on the shot clock, and then going and, and trying to make a play. He's playing off the ball, and that's what I love about his game in the NBA because, you know, a lot of people were down on him because he he played a different play style in high school and in college. He was playing on the ball like a point four type of position, but he's kind of – he wasn't really explosive when we were talking about speed and quickness. So he was like a, a lesser version of Ben Simmons. You know, Ben Simmons is fast, especially when he gets on the break and stuff like that. But the play style he was playing in high school and college, even though he only played a little, a little amount of games in college with the Missouri, the Missouri Tigers – um, yeah, his play style in the NBA compared to, to college, he's a totally different player. And his, his play style in the NBA fits him better playing off the ball, being the, the, a scoring wing, being a guy that can shoot and hit perimeter shots. He's a 6'10 player that's doing all that with a handle. When's the last time you've seen a 6'10 and up player do that on the basketball court? Kevin Durant. So I'm telling you, Michael Porter Jr. is special. Um, the Denver Nuggets, wow, we got to give them their front office credit because with Bol Bol is showing his potential with Nokic, then you got Michael Porter Jr. We have to give that front office credit, especially if they ever reach a ounce of all their potential. Man, oh, man, the NBA is in trouble. But thanks, guys, for tuning in to the SNS Podcast. Your boy, Mike Smith, also knows AKs, also knows coolest guy in sports. Um, guys, please go and follow my Instagram page once again. I'm going to start trying to get this podcast on a weekly basis for the SNS audio podcast. I have my individual live podcast, the AKIS podcast, on my Instagram at NBA that I do on a weekly basis talking about different things. And I'm also working on something right now to bring another podcast. It's going to be an audio version and probably a live version on my Instagram. It's going to run through my Instagram page, so it's going to be a different it's not going to be a part of the SNS platform. Um, it's going to be part of the AKIS media platform, which is myself, my personal brand. And I'm looking to, you know, do another podcast, probably live um, and also audio as well. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, who I'm going to get as a co-host and stuff right now. But I really appreciate you guys. And thanks for tuning in.